Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post Dispatch, joined by Tom Timmerman of the Post Dispatch, back right. from uh, Sunsplash to Buffalo. I, you know, I wish I could say I went outdoors much in Buffalo, but I, I did not. It's it's a good setup where the hotel is attached to the uh, rink, as are a couple of restaurants. So. Uh, I, I really never ventured far from uh, from the area. As I, it's now Key Bank Arena. Yeah, right? yeah. As I recall from my time in Buffalo now that you were a uh, short walk from, I guess, the uh, start of the Erie Canal. You could kind of walk and you could look over and see Canada. Type I, thing. Yeah, you can see you're right there. You're not far from Lake Erie now. And so, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right there. So the uh, before we get into the blues, the mm-hmm. uh, hot topic of the day, and you, Craig Brube touched on it briefly uh, with you guys, because he, he just doesn't see, you know, he's he's Craig Rube doesn't have to do hijinks. But the NHL right now has a uh, has instituted a uh, code of conduct for coaches, and we've really uh, we've had a grand rethinking of uh, a formal rethinking of of what's acceptable. I, I, coaching has evolved a long way from where it mm-hmm. used to be in the NHL. But uh, but Tom, I guess the Gary Bettman had to step out and and take uh, along with the board of governors with that, their support. A way uh, addressing situations that uh, you know, I guess we really haven't thought much about. No, and and you you would think that hockey and maybe football, because of the natures of those games, would be kind of the last ones to to reach out and call for a kinder, gentler coach, because there is, you know, uh, there is the stereotypical image of what those guys are like to be football or hockey coaches. And the uh, hockey, to its credit, or to its non-credit, the people have been complaining about what's going on. Uh, but they're they're taking bold steps. It's it's interesting to see how all this plays out and whether more things come forward, because there's got to be more. Uh, but are some of them too far in the past, or are there current coaches who are uh, going to be out of a job? And what's interesting, you know, you look at the case with Peters in Calgary, you know. After that happens, is he going to get another job as an NHL coach? NHL coaches get recycled with great regularity, and now you wonder: Does does you know Peters? What happens with Babcock, um, Jim Montgomery? Which is could looks like it's an entirely different issue. But do these guys get another chance, or is this going to be? Are they you know toxic now? Now the broad topic uh, that they that's being addressed is the, uh, I guess the old school approach of uh, psychological warfare. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the case of Mitch Marner and Mike Babcock, where you, you ask a kid to rank the players in terms of their work ethic, and then you share those that assessment with the rest of the team, therefore putting the kid in a horrible position, which yeah. is a, a, the kind of thing that's just, just awful. Yeah, but, it's like a bad idea on, on yeah. so many levels. But it was stupid, but you know, the, the kind of, that's the kind of nonsense we used to see uh, from coaches, uh, you know, trying to keep people on edge, make them uncomfortable, upset the group, get, you know, get the guys. In some, in some cases, some coaches live to get the players just mad at the coach and figure like Mike Keenan mm-hmm. did, yeah. that that brings out the energy, just, just the, the negative. Negativity is an energetic thing. So mm-hmm. we've moved on from that. The NHL already has really already moved on from that. You would think, I mean, the fact, yeah, how would Mike Keenan work in today's NHL? Could he, could he work? And then there's, you know, hockey, I don't want to say hockey purists, hockey traditionalists, uh, you know, the Don Cherries of the world, and as we've seen, Don Cherry's now out of a job, you know, would say that, you know, this, you're ruining the game. I mean, this is, you know, coaches are there to bring out the best in you and, and they all have different ways of doing it. And this is a, time tested it's you know it was done to me and it was done to my father and this is how coaches work you know why should we stop them and 
um, you know, credit to the NHL like, because because I think if you're a good coach, there needs to you, there should be a way to motivate players other than you know the uh, verbal or physical harangment uh, that uh, that is going on. There should be you should be better. You should be a better teacher than to have to rely on that to get the point across. And I do think we've come that way. I mean, the whole the old miracle approach of uh, the bag skate. And, you, you know, which was celebrated in the movie as a way mm-hmm. to bring the team together is now frowned upon. And we don't mm-hmm. see a whole lot of that, really. No. It's, it's mm-hmm. a burning up of energy. It's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. If you have to resort to the bag skate, you're probably not going to make it in today's game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and going and transitioning to Craig Berube, he just talked about, uh, hey, I treat guys with respect. They treat me with respect. This is how we do things. And he doesn't seem like he needs to. People understand mm-hmm. where he's coming from, and mm-hmm. he makes himself quite clear. Yeah, and he's and he's forceful, and 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 this doesn't mean that coaches can't tell guys that they screwed up. I mean, that's still you know, no one's saying you can't do that, and they will do that. But he's just saying to do it in a way in which you're not disparaging uh, the person. And, and I'm sure, like after last night's game in Buffalo, uh, you know, there were players who were on the ice for you know Eichel's goal. You know, were told you know in no uncertain terms. You did not do that correctly. Correct, and and, and, uh, and you, you know, and and whatever other things were needed to say it. I think you could, you know, plays like that. You could get that message across without, uh, you know, descending into some, you know, really, you know, bad behavior. Now that segues us into the uh, game with the Blues losing in Buffalo. Kind of a, a weird game. A couple of odd goals against. I thought for stretches of the game, the Blues played pretty well. The, the young guys uh, came up and were fitting in. But to your point, Jack Eichel's maybe the hottest guy in the NHL. He's behind the net doing his Bernie Federico thing. You might not just want to wander off and guard other people, <laughs> uh, check other people, because he's a pretty good player. And so when he's able to just walk out leisurely, set himself up, figure out what he wants to do, maybe make a move, all of this on poor Jake Allen, not optimal. Tom, not optimal. Not optimal at all. I, I, I didn't have the clock on it the whole time. He, he had the he had the puck at least eight seconds and, <laughs> and maybe more. During which time nobody on the Blues, you know, felt felt it worth you know their responsibility to go there and and challenge him in some way. And so you know, Jake Allen's in goal. Like, well, what do I, what do I do? Where do I go? Because he could go anyway. I got yeah. no, I can't commit in one direction or another. And. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, Barubi, you know, didn't want to single out any one person. Said it was, I mean, it was a whole group. You got to communicate, and even if that's not your man, you got to say who's going to get this guy because there certainly was time for two or three players to say, okay, I'll I'll go and I'll I'll go and defend him in yeah. some way. I will not allow him to come out from behind, position himself, you know, and now be able to take a shot sure. and without anyone getting within, you know, what five feet of him. And, you know, he's that's 14 games in a row that he's gotten a point. It's like 25 points in that span or something like yeah. that. It's a lot of points. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to flush him out and make somebody else beat you, I mean, that would probably yeah, yeah. be a, a starting point. Yes. Yeah. Make, make him give up the puck at yeah. that point. And, yeah, let, let someone else make the play because it, he's, the if not the hottest guy, the, one of the hottest guys in the league right now. And and you wouldn't have blamed if two guys went to him because he's oh, sure. playing so well. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, gang up on him at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, one guy from each side of the net, go yeah. get him, or at yeah, least... a little pincher action, and there yeah. you go. But... You try to keep the puck behind the net. I mean, it wouldn't have made yeah. total sense, but... No. Yeah, but if you, you look, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's... There were a lot of guys who could have been, uh, could have been the, the guy on there. See, like, on a baseline inbounds play in basketball, 
you can play like that because the guy's not allowed just to step out and dunk the ball. Yeah. But that was pretty much what – you can do that in <laughs> hockey, which is pretty much uh-huh. what Jack did at yeah. that point. Yeah. And, and so there were no bad bounces on that one. There was uh, only, no, sir. There was only bad thinking uh, so, on that one. But the rest of the game, Tom Timmerman, to get a, you know, just a weird play right off the bat um, that goes against them and – you know, you get you get two plays. You get a, a puck off a skate, uh, off a guy trying doing his job, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on Eichel, trying mm-hmm. to make sure Eichel doesn't get a tap in at the far post. The puck mm-hmm. goes off the skate instead. It goes in the net. Mm-hmm. You get a, a shot way wide that gets converted into the net for, for mm-hmm. a goal. Uh, a bit of a tough break on that. And mm-hmm. otherwise, you play a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, unfortunate that the decisive play came down to something like something like that. Of all the things for the Blues to do, yeah. a team that prides itself in tight defensive play. Yeah, and um, you know, you look in that second period of that game where they they had I think, two posts and a crossbar was the was the count. And if if any one of those goes in, you know, the Blues are up two one, and it's you know, or three one if two of them go in, and it's an entirely different game. Uh, but they aren't getting those things right now to go their way and this is one of the things about hockey you know early on in the year the blues when they were winning all those games in overtime and people are saying well what a what a great team because you know in overtime they're they're tough and they know how to win these games and hockey is so much the bounce of the puck and in those games the puck bounced their way now the puck is not bouncing their way and it's how you know there have been times when they've been able to overcome the puck not bouncing their way but now they're making mistakes it's ending up in the net and this is a team that is as currently constituted is not going to score a lot of goals i mean you know they've had those games where they've scored five those are going to be the exception we're going to see a lot more two goal and three goal games for these guys and if they're only going to score three they can't allow more than two and so they got to you know, the avoidable goals they got to avoid giving up. Yeah, so many things in that uh, game. I guess the uh, a lot of the fans will focus on, uh, in particular, Jordan Cairo. And I thought fitting in with other skilled guys, uh, you know, wasn't perfect. But, you know, one, one time, you know, shooting the puck into somebody's skates out high and then you end up, you know, having to come back and defend kind of a two-on-two. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to put himself in that position too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, on the other hand, you know, he makes a nice wraparound pass that uh, it could have been a nice yep. open net goal if it had, if it clicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I liked him fitting in with, uh, with skilled guys. He can obviously get on the horse. He knows what he's doing as far as the feel of the game and the passing. And uh, I don't know if he'll stick because of the mm-hmm. situation with uh, people coming back. But, well, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what you started wanting to see from him. Yeah, and it looks like at least for tomorrow that he'll stay on that line. They used him there in practice. But Ruby said he was happy with how they how he looked. Um, you know, he's, he's got to you know use his speed in the right way. He's got to play defense because that's something that they need him to do, that he can't be dogging it out there. He's got to keep moving. Uh, they, they liked the way he's, you know, they kept his skates going last night. So – yeah, and it's his first game. Uh, you know, they would have liked to. I get the impression kept him in the minors for maybe another week or so. To, to, you know, he said he's felt 100 percent for about a week, and I think they would have liked to have had him be 100 percent for a couple weeks and and get in those games in San Antonio and then come up. But the the Sanford injury kind of forced their hand on everything that they couldn't at that point bring you know Costin up again. They they and the offense is struggling so much they need something. And right now, if you're going to put someone to try to interject life into this team, 
I, Jordan Cairo is the guy. I didn't like, I didn't mind rather the, um, you probably won't see the fourth line that we saw last night often uh, this season or maybe again. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind the group. I mean, for what for, mm-hmm. for the shifts in terms of a little bit of pressure. I don't think there was – I'm not sure there was ever a scoring chance in there, but there was a couple of shifts where they sustained some pressure. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, that, that was not the reason they lost. I mean, that, yeah. that group, they got enough out of that. They got themselves mm-hmm. in a position to at least get a point out of that game. And so, I, I mean, I think – we're still seeing the the depth more or less hold up. Tough without the production, four goals in three games, but mm-hmm. you're seeing guys at least come up and be able to fit in. Yeah, and Pagansky played like five minutes plus last night, so he didn't play much at all in the third. So uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't get much of a chance. They Baruba used three lines mm-hmm. much of the game, so they didn't they didn't play much. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, if. Steen or Sunquist or Sanford, and they were all on the ice today. Uh, if it, unclear right now if any of them are back on Thursday, you know, if not, we'll see the same lines. If one of them is back, then that will, you know, set balls uh, in motion as to, you know, Pagansky would be the obvious guy to come out, but it's going to depend on which of those guys, you know, if, if, if Steen's back, it's easy enough to put him in Pagansky's spot. If it's Sunquist, you, know, you got to move people around mm-hmm. or Sanford. Um, you know, it's, it's a different situation. Um, but, you know, Pagansky's here. It's great that he gets a chance. Uh, he's enthusiastic about it. Uh, he'll he'll be going back to San Antonio at some point. Uh, you know, Nathan Walker will be going back to San Antonio um, at some point. Um, so, you know, they've, they've kind of turned, a, you know, if not on Thursday, maybe on Saturday of, of having these guys, of getting bodies back and not being as uh, depleted and, Tarasenko is not coming back anytime soon. Blay still has two months to go, but they could be back uh, on a fairly, you know, on a whatever is that second level of health that they uh, are on uh, pretty soon. It's nice to give the uh, the guys who are depth guys, uh, the guys who will have to fill in in case of injuries, uh, a taste uh, mm-hmm. of it to to know it. And in Walker's case, he's he's played NHL games. He gets it. Uh, he's been around the block. He understands the the job and and how to you know mm-hmm. what to do when he's when he's thrown into the mix. You get a guy in there for the first time. Just this is the NHL. This is what you've worked for. Stay motivated when yeah. you're in San Antonio. Stay after it and and keep yourself on the brink so you can get back again. Mm-hmm. You know and and you know if you you could grow up to be uh, let's see who would be our favorite guy on that. <laughs> pl- There's so many guys that have been kind of on that plane um, <laughs> where they just kept mm-hmm. coming back, but. Right. The forwards that uh, the um, gritty up and down forwards that uh, like a guy like Chris Porter was yeah. was a little maybe a, became kind of a plus player mm-hmm. on that you know he ended up having a good time mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in the NHL a fair amount of time and by just again a straight line guy yeah. up and down soldier mm-hmm. you know college player leader in college you know gonna could jam the odd goal in from in front mm-hmm. of the net otherwise that was about mm-hmm. the extent of his offense yeah his ongoing contribution to this team by the way is it's it's why they call Robert Bortuzzo Bobo rather than Bortz. All right. and they, be, because when Bortuzzo came to the Blues, Porter was there, and they already had Ports in the room, and having Ports and Bortz yeah, was going to be tricky. confusing. That's tricky. And so they started calling Bortuzzo Bobo. Now now that Porter's been gone, there's not many guys who are still there. Uh, Bortz is, is catching, taking is on trans, again. Is it transitioning? Yeah, it is. But but he became Bobo because you couldn't have Bortz and Ports Did, in the same room. Was there any like merchandising off of that? Any trademark? I, I don't. I don't think we we got our act together on that one. <laughs> the t-shirts were not were not made. Okay. Um, you know, you talk about motivating guys. You know, Pagansky. 
I think one of the reasons he got in last night was because they didn't want to have him having been there and be a healthy scratch for five games and then call up Jordan Cairo and have him play right away while Pagansky just sat yeah, and watched. What am I? So yeah. I think they wanted to say to Pagansky, look, you know, we, we respect what you've done. You've played well. Here, here's your chance. And so if we're going to play one guy just up from the minors, we'll play you too. Call your girlfriend, get your parents here. And then that, that's what they did. He, he found out the night before and was able to uh, summon them all in, and they came in from, uh, I think, Minnesota and North Dakota. Oof. Uh, yeah, to, uh, yeah, to quick, be there uh, for the game. Uh, that couldn't have been cheap uh, going there on short notice, but no, no. But you know what? He's he's when he gets you know it's a two way contract. So when he's making that seven hundred thousand yeah. rather than the two hundred thousand he's making in San Antonio, that's uh, he can he can spend the you know couple yeah. a couple thousand dollars to uh, fly everybody in. All right, so I I, I finally remember because I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. I finally remembered my favorite guy up and down, he, and he's made a whole career out of it. The great Adam Cracknell, very Adam, good at that. Yeah, well, <laughs> good player at that level. Uh-huh. At that. He's a very energetic guy. He kept bouncing around. I think he was on. Three teams in th- in three weeks once mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Kept, yeah, kept showing yeah, up you, different you, places. Yeah, he had a career. You kept, you, every now and then you'd look at oh, Adam Cracknell's still playing. Yeah, he's still the, back. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, the, but that's an important thing that the the team has uh, certainly uh, through the course of all the injuries. A good side is they they've given some guys looks. They've given guys a chance to progress, and and it's still. I mean, I I we knew that there would be a a, a correction, if you will, with the luck. And but you know I gotta go back and look at much of that game and how many good looks they had. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh man, they're not far. But now Vegas, mm-hmm. the team that's trying to get back on track, is in and and they just they've got to find a breakthrough. That they do. Um, and uh, they got four at home. They're, this is the most settled down they'll have been in a long time. They had a bunch, you know, road games and then they'd come home for one and go back on the road. And so this is the first time in a while that they'll have some actual like consistency to their lives. They're home for a week. Uh, to play some games, uh, you know, the offense is, you know, the if they could get some power play goals, that would help the offense because they're, you know, it's the uh, the power play is is kind of doubly dangerous right now because it's not scoring and it's not creating anything. I mean, we counted it up last night, so they're they're over for their last eleven power plays. I think the number is twelve shots on goal in that time. So you're talking twenty two minutes with a man advantage, and you've gotten twelve shots on goal. In that time, that to me, that doesn't seem like uh, the number that you know that is conducive uh, to effectiveness. So, and the other thing is, they got to get the defenseman to scoring. Petrangelo scoring, but none of the other D men are, uh, are are scoring. Yeah, I mean, there was a you saw, I think one decent look by uh, Pareko came in, maybe from the left circle, had a decent look. But yeah, I mean, Falk's a guy that's got to activate. Done. That's his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has got to get, you know, get pucks deep, get pucks through, and also go in and attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is – and they've got the green light. It's not like the system is holding him back. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at where you're going to get the goals, and you saw, boy, uh, you know, really nice move by Shen, but he tries to go – he tries to tuck it inside the right post, hits the right post instead. You know, Perron mm-hmm. with a nice shot, hits the crossbar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're seeing guys – you see the thought process. Perron with a really nice move to set up Petrangelo's goal. But, mm-hmm. you know, just you're seeing the thoughts there. But you only have a couple of guys that are really dangerous, though. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, defensively, I mean, you know, Falk and Pareko would be the two guys that, you know, Petrangelo scoring, Dunn's, I think, got four goals. You're not going to get offense out of – Bomeister or Gunnarsson or Bertuzzo. So it's it's Pareko and Falk are the guys. And admittedly, you know, teams are, you know, the Blues defensemen were so effective last year that teams are playing them more aggressively defensively to deny the defensemen because they know how dangerous they can be. And Falk is still, 
maybe not completely, you know, in sync with what he needs to be doing here. They need to get goals out of him. And I, you know, I don't believe that, you know, Justin Falk's game is, is driven off a cliff. I mean, he has consistently been, you know, a, a 10 goal scorer that he can do that. You know, he's, you know, I don't think something happened to him that being acquired by the Blues that he's going to be a, you know, a two-goal guy. He's just having a, a tough time getting started. You know, does he get to that level this year? Maybe not. You know, can he get to, you know, seven or eight? You know, at that point, at this point, they'll take that because they need to get something from him. But it's, it's dragging his numbers down. I mean, his, you know, goals above replacement are, are, in, are negative because he's just not getting the offense going. And they – and that's what he brings. That's what he does. And then you know the the ongoing enigma of Colton Pareko and what you're going to do to get you know goals from him. Just keep shooting and <laughs> just keep shooting. But hey, on the uh, a plus line, a good goal, a good uh, a good third line type of a goal. You you get a dump in, you win a race to the puck, and you get a veteran guy who's not going to win the race, but can maybe finish if somebody else wins the race. Mm-hmm. And, and Troy Brower, I thought that was a was a you know a good example of uh, of of how you could fit guys together. You're a mm-hmm. shifty guy, a guy that can skate and hit, and then a guy who can you know is willing and and will mm-hmm. scuffle and will can finish a at the net. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess that was probably good for a guy that's going to have to earn his keep as players come by in terms of Troy Brower. As yeah, as the players come back. A very big goal for Troy Brower because yeah, if you say Sanford and Sundquist and Steen are in the lineup and you got to take three guys out, well, who are those three guys going to be? And and Troy Brower was is was going to be one of those bubble guys that could have been, you know, in danger of losing and he's probably still is in danger, you know, when those guys are all back and they have a healthy squad. Um yeah, it's why you know Baruby yesterday morning before the game, you know, I asked him about that line and he said, you know, we think, you know, Brower's a guy, you know, Barbashev and Thomas can get him the puck. He can go to the net and score. Exactly what happened right. on the first goal. And, and he said maybe that can get him a couple goals. And he kind of said one goal. And he almost got a couple goals. Yeah, he yeah, had to send right one later on where he came in. It was off his stick and, and was saved and went wide. But he, he almost had two goals. I, I mean, I, you know, I, Craig Berube at that point moves on to like some godlike yeah, status. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I think I can make this move and, and Troy Brower will get two goals. And he, and he almost did exactly yeah, that. That's, that's a cup-winning coach for you. Yes, <laughs> that'll do it. So, uh, yeah, Brower's a guy and, you know, that combination, you know, if, if he can get goals, you know, that that's something the Blues need. And they don't, you know, again, they don't need to get 20 goals with Troy Brower because if you can get 10 goals, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But that that's going to, you know, buy him some time and get him some confidence and uh, allow him to, uh, you know, get into his game. Because, I mean, the, you know, the guy was, you know, just over a month ago was skating with, you know, 17-year-olds. Yeah, the hitman. So, uh, yes, yeah, he's probably for... making them look stupid, too. <laughs> probably so. And, and he, got, he got in a fight. He didn't know he got in a fight well, the other night, too. Not with the hitman, too, with, so. with another NHL player. And that was, you know, good to get the – and he, and he – uh, we were talking about that the other day. So, you know, you, you, he, I kept throwing those punches because that way the guy couldn't get his head up and uh, and, and couldn't, couldn't throw anything at me. So that's the – Yeah, you know, best, you know, best, best defense, good offense. Right. Yeah, you just not, not allow him to get settled. And he, he got himself in a bad position, and I, I, you know, I got the upper hand and just kept – now I do like the the other two guys you, you you speak of. You know we we've talked a lot about Robert Thomas. Do like him in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know he he's it's just a natural for him the way he sees the ice, the way he wants to involve mm-hmm. guys. Uh, and then you know Barbashev could could play all over the place, but if you mm-hmm. have him in that human missile role mm-hmm. where you he, again he he can win a race to a puck or he can knock a guy off a puck, and mm-hmm. he still has some ability to do some things with it. But he can get there and he can do he can. 
he can get the puck one way or the other. He can he's mm-hmm. got the wheels to do that, and it and it's, it seems like he just he's embraced that. And, and if you can keep utilizing him that way, even if he's up on a good line, just make him the go get the puck guy. Mm-hmm. To be the human missile and mm-hmm. uh, sit back and wait for the fun to happen. Yeah, I think he's been one of the most consistent and consistently good guys on the team this year. He had when the one time they they tried him on the on the top line and and that didn't and that didn't work. But other than that, he has been in that in whatever role they put him in second, third, fourth line. He's been really good. I, I think he's bringing it every night. He's making plays happen. He he's getting pucks. He's I think he's been very good. You know, his faceoff numbers could probably be better. But I, I think he's been very consistent in what he has brought to this team. Okay, last thing for Tom Timmerman on this edition of Netfront Presence before he gets back to uh, typing up his story. <laughs> the, uh, the goaltending, Jake Allen, I thought real good in that game. There's mm-hmm. a couple of dicey moments where he was scrambly, but uh, but kept the puck out in those scenarios, mm-hmm. made some big saves. He's given them a lift, but now it's time for Jordan Bennington to get back and do what Jordan Bennington has done since uh, he first got his chance at this level, and that is you know, give this team a, ch- a chance every game. Yeah, you know, we saw the first time that Bennington was pulled from a regular season game uh, the other night, and you know, we saw Jake Allen playing consecutive games. He didn't start both of them for the first time, and you know, since Jordan Bennington took off, so you know, goaltending is going to be one of the differences for this team because um, you know, goal suppression, you know, and denying is going to be what they need to do to win because you know, there's not many games where they're going to outscore people, and teams when teams get chances. Um, they got to stop them. And so that's going to fall uh, heavily on Bennington and Allen. It already has fallen. They probably made the Blues have won more games than the numbers say they should have. And the main reason for that is the goaltending. And, you know, Bennington's now got to get back in there and, and do it. Uh, you know, he, his bounce back ability was always one of his strengths last season when he had not done well. Uh, you know, he lost a game. He had never lost consecutive games uh, in regulation. You know, last year, you know, he, Always was good at that. One bad game, he put him back out there. It's becoming a, a Allen's play is going to make it tougher on Beru because it used to be you play Jordan Bennington except for back to backs, and and then you've you know an odd game against Ottawa or something. You put Jake Allen in, but Allen's making the case now where he deserves more time, and so let's see how those numbers play out. Bennington's still going to be the guy. He hasn't done anything to make them not think he's the guy. Um, but there is there is a push now that Allen is going to get, I think, more games just in the standard run of things than we would have seen him get earlier. Interesting scenario. I don't think that uh, after everything Jordan's been through, I don't think he needs to be pushed because the Blues have found a lot of ways to push him over the years, mm-hmm. mostly by leaving him <laughs> on the fringes of the, the yeah. organization, <laughs> which is funny of motivation. But I think the, 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 pl- the positive side, possibly, depending on how he looks at it, is mm-hmm. that he now knows – that he doesn't have to hold the whole franchise up. Where mm-hmm. last year, he knew he pretty much had to hold the franchise together during the cup run. He welcomed that, but it can get heavy after a while. And now you're into this year two of holding things together. Played a ton early. But now mm-hmm. he knows that, hey, if I have a game where I get a piece of everything, but they still go in, like mm-hmm. as happened last time, mm-hmm. that you know it's not the end of the world for the team because he's got a reliable. Yeah. The pressure, to a degree, I think the pressure's off. And I don't. As far as the push goes, I don't think he needs it. As far as it, he, he's certainly he's certainly a supremely confident yes. human being. He 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 has, and for someone to have that kind of confidence, considering what his road was, I mean, when you are you know shipped out to another team, when you're to another organization, you're you're going to Providence. We think so highly of you. We're sending you to Providence. Yeah. You know, um, 
so to to come through that uh, and be the guy he was, I mean, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did last year if he didn't think I'm Jordan Bennington and I am Martin Brodeur. I can do this. I mean, I am Patrick Waugh. I am you know the goalie. I mean, and the fact that he resents that he didn't win the Rookie of the Year uh, last year, yeah. you know that he, he that's a an axe you know that he has to grind. Um, you know, he finds ways to motivate uh, himself and uh, and he believes in himself. Uh, he believe more than. I mean, as much as the Blues believe in him and the organization, you know, now believes in him, um, he's always believed in himself. And, you know, we talk about belief. I mean, the Blues last year, we think about, I was thinking, when's the last time Jake Allen played consecutive games? Allen played like like 14 in a row last year with Bennington on the bench because the Blues were afraid yeah. to play Jordan Bennington. Yeah, who's this guy? This <laughs> and and kid. then finally they got to back-to-backs, and so they didn't have a choice, and Bennington goes in, and then, you know, history starts from there. But... Uh, yeah, but he's, he has always believed. Now, what's interesting is, last point I'll make on this edition of Net Front Presence is that, so Marc-Andre Fleury is about to uh, catch and then pass Curtis Joseph mm-hmm. for on the all-time wins list. I think it's number six. And, of course, Cujo was uh, a uh, you know an icon for, for Jordan. Very similar mm-hmm. when you watch him play, too. The interesting thing was Cujo didn't have, at least not as a blue, anywhere near the swagger and confidence of Jordan mm-hmm. Bennington. I mean – Cujo was an athletic, acrobatic goaltender who could get hot and do crazy things, but he didn't have that belief. Mm. Keenan broke him. Mm. Bennington would look at Keenan like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Keenan would have got to Bennington. Bennington would have just been sneered at him. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't think so. And you can say, well, hey, how do you know? Well, the guy won a cup. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on Bennington, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you know, hard case, Keenan, sure. But Bennington proved it. You know, I think he could have handled him. Yeah. I you know I voted for Bennington for the Conn Smythe. I thought he was the MVP of the uh, of the playoffs. I, th- I thought it should have been him. So. Well, that's Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Net Front Presence. Sorry to bring up an unhappy <laughs> Mike Keenan reference a couple times. Today, I think the I think the listenership enjoys uh, Mike oh, Keenan reference. <laughs> oily haired despot Mike Keenan. But uh, yeah, that guy. You know, now he's celebrated like he was some great genius. He should you know Hall of Fame. Oh please. But anyways, that that's neither here nor there. If you could probably find my book on that guy in a bargain bin somewhere. It wasn't flattering, by the way. Anyways, that's Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. A reminder that all of our podcasts can be found on sdltoday.com slash podcast. We do a lot of cool things, news and sports. I, I know that I and the Tiger has been a very uh, interesting podcast uh, with what's happened at Mizzou for our guys, Ben Fred and Dave Matter. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty on the baseball front as well going forward. So, Until next time, I'm Jeff Gordon. That's Tom Timmerman. See ya.